Today is April 2nd, and Yankees baseball has officially started. We got four games, we got one series in the books, and we have a shit ton of things happening. Injuries, call-ups, debuts, bullpen failures, crazy lineups and defensive positions. There's just so, so much to talk about. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Recaps galore, weekly awards, stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy and Jake. Okay, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you very much for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in to Talking Yanks, thank you very much. We appreciate you. And if this is your first, second, third, fourth, or 94th time tuning in, we appreciate you very, very much. We finally have baseball to talk about, which is exciting. It's also a little daunting because there's so much going on. But my name is John Boy. My real name is Jimmy. John Boy's a nickname. I'm coming to you from California. And I have my co-host here coming to us from Mexico this week without a voice. A little bit of a shocker. Not Denver this week. Estoy a Mexico. None of those words are right. We are two transplanted Yankee fans from Connecticut, New Jersey area that now live away. So I'll give the whole spiel because I think we may have some new listeners. So we're going to do a series recap. And there's a ton of shit. Welcome to the Yankee season. Yeah. Dude, it's a wild introduction to the season. Really crazy. But we're going to recap it. So this, uh, the first thing we do on the series recaps from last year, if you haven't listened, if you've been listening, but you didn't listen during the season last year, we have a lot of new listeners because we're growing, which is awesome. Love you guys. What we do is first we have our topics. Talk about some topics. We ease ourselves in with some swinging bunts, some small topics, some medium topics, and then the big main topic everyone's talking about. After that, we'll go into series awards. After that, we'll go into some listener questions, which, so let's start out with topics. The topics for today are brought to you by affordablejerseys.com. They are our official sponsor. They make the podcast, the website, the social media, everything run. They sell, would you guess it? They sell uh, jerseys, affordablejerseys.com. They sell Yankees jerseys without the name on the back, which is the only way you should be wearing a Yankees jersey. If you want the name on the back, you got to get a jersey. That seems like a pretentious, uptight Yankees thing, but that's very true. You can't be walking around with the Yankees jersey with a name on the back. Just can't be doing it. 99-99. Yankees jerseys, really nice. Uh, They come from a majestic manufacturer in Pennsylvania, so they'll ship to you quick. And uh, they are majestic, cool base. They have female sizes too, and they have basically every Yankee player you could want. Go get a jersey and tell them uh, Talking Yanks sent you. All right, Jake, we're going to get into the little topics first. We got a, a swinging bunt. See? Little squibber here, a swinging bunt. John Sterling, home run call. So for those, the swinging bunts are usually off field, small topics. Quickly, eat yourself in. This is the uh, the main one of the week, John John Sterling's home run call for Giancarlo Stanton. Jake hasn't heard it yet because he's in Mexico. He's been tuning in and out of the games on his phone, staying up to date, but hasn't heard the home run call. Let me try and find it. Uh, if you haven't heard it, we'll put it in right now. 
Here, Jake. Play it. Can you hear this? He can spot it. If he's on, he will spot it any place. Stanton, the National League MVP last year, swung on and drilled to deep right center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It is first Yankee at bat. John Carlo. Non si può stoparlo. It is a Stantonian home run, a two-run blaster right center in his first Yankee at bat. First Yankee at bat, John Carlo, non si può stoparlo, Carlo, non si può stoparlo. So, now Jake, um, that was the first time I heard that. First time you heard that, what are your thoughts? Gian Carlo, non so portaro. I think he said the wrong Italian word the first time. So the second home run, he actually changed it to like, non so por famoro. Here's the deal. We saw John Sterling in Tampa, and I think the wheels are off the tracks. That's what I said. I said there, his brain doesn't oh, work anymore. So the, the story behind it, Jake, is his Italian girlfriend gave him the idea, and he refuses to change it. There's no way he wants to change it, but he's going to hurt her feelings. That is so bad. Now, John Sterling is a boss old man. He can do whatever he wants. David Cohen on the broadcast uh, Sunday called is him. Is he 80 now? 80. Called him an original gangster. Like, he invented the home run call game. So you cannot. The, he invented it. That's so bad. That's so. You, I want to be able to say it. You can't say it. He's not Italian. Dude. So everyone's acting like it's offensive as well. <laughs> like a John Carlos, not even Italian. It's, it's both our Twitter backgrounds now. I think the man thinks he's invincible. Maybe. He hasn't missed a game in like 20 years. I think he hit 80 and he just went off the ledge. Because that's unbelievable. In, in spring training, we saw him wearing a tracksuit like he was a Russian mafioso. Yeah. And then you bring that. It's really which bad. Yankees Twitter slash Yankees everything has been talking about this. Yes. Because it's a thing. Because he created this. Yeah. And when you bring the NL MVP... And then you do that. <laughs> That's tough. It's really bad. I mean, kudos for him for saying he's not going to change it because uh, he has changed. He's not going to change anything. <laughs> he, he has changed some in the past, but yeah, it's really bad. So that's our swinging bun of the day. Um, whatever. He can do whatever he wants, but that is horrible. My favorites are A-Bomb from A-Rod. I think that's the best. It's just so easy, so quick. That's easily the best. Easily. I also like Mark sends a text message. You're on, or like sends a text message. You're on the Mark to share. I like that one. It's nice. An A-Bomb for A-Rod. That's the, that's the, the gold. That's the gold one. It's that's so magical. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to start. I'm going to start screaming that tonight. Okay. We're going to go into our gappers now. And Jeter drives one of the gap in left center field. And the gappers, I think, for this week, because I had them as the biggest storyline, but now they're just the gapper. And that's all the injuries and the crazy positions guys are playing and the call-ups and the send-downs. We had, just to wrap it all up for everyone, we had Aaron Hicks go down with something in his ribs, like a muscle in his ribs. I forget the term for it. 10-day DL. So Billy McKinney gets called up, gets a hit in his first game, in his second game, in left field, he tries to make a running, di- a diving, ca- jumping catch, crashes into the wall like the guy that died in the natural. S- tries to stay in the game, and then like the very, like Jake, he tried to stay in the game. They're, they went out and checked on him. Steve Donahue had to run all the way out to the left center wall, which like, that's a long. Love Steve Donahue. It's a long run for Donnie. Like, come on. 
bring your injury a little closer to the old ass heavy trainer. Steve Donahue, not a le- not an athlete. Not an athlete. He's like, come on, man. In the nicest way. So they let McKinney stay in the game, and he looks kind of shaken up. He hit himself hard. And the very next ball is a hit to him, and he throws it into Wade. And even Wade catches it and then just gives him this skeptical look like, dude, what was that? And they You are not okay. They immediately take him out and send Gardner in. They're like, uh, yeah, no, you lied to us. You're out. And he kind of just was like, yeah, I'm out. You're right. Like just ran off the field, like didn't fight it at all. Well, you can't really fight it, but. Normally, I think we want to start baseball and then end up silly. I want to start silly and end up baseball. Because, A, ridiculous that the Yankees went with the Giancarlo left field lineup. We didn't expect that this early in the season. Dude, they had Judge in center field the game before. That's, in, that's insanity. Like, I, you and me have talked about how we want to line up this show. Like, what do we want to talk about? How do we want to present it? This first week was insane. Insane. And th- this, isn't, this isn't like hype man stuff. Like, Aaron Judge played center field. Dude. We had, in our third game of the season, we had Judge in center field, McKinney in left field, and Tyler Austin at first. What the fuck? <laughs> What's going on? It's it's insane, man. And I mean, like what you just said, Tyler Wade, someone who was borderline on the team, he's, at this point, he's an afterthought because there's so much craziness going on. Mm-hmm. I'm n- not trying to dramatize this, but... Miguel Andujar started yeah. at DH. Yeah, or called up day three. That's insane. Day four. Neil Walker at first. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into a lot more crazier, but. Yeah, it, we, we got to circle back. Yeah. So injury-wise, Hicks is on the 10-day DL, and, and he his quote's like, no, nah, be back. Like, he 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 wanted to sleep it off, and, th- and they didn't take any precautions with him. I got into a lot of debates about how Hicks is more injury-prone than Bird, and and we I will not get into that this episode i'm mad i even just said it right now but hicks should be back now here's the thing we have ellsbury's out he was on the 10-day dl three days backdated from minor leagues so he can come back on thursday so that's two more games before ellsbury can come back now if he's ready to come back they won't say they're like we don't know we wanted him to get 60 at bats in the minors before this we're probably going to speed that up to 30 and see where he's at. I think that Ellsbury, it, like, it, if he can play defense, they're going to bring him up. Because right now, with McKinney hurt, we have three outfielders. They put Drury at third and didn't play him anywhere else in the spring. They don't want him in the outfield, like, like it, unless need be. Same with Wade. Wade didn't play an inning of outfield, and they said they liked the versatility, but their main thing, well, I think Wade will be in the outfield now, but they want they need Ellsbury back quick. I've had the most fun Twitter in the past three days because Tyler Austin had a good game and people want Ellsbury on the field. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. It's it's wild. It's wild. I mean, how, how much something can change in 24 hours is insane. I told everyone all offseason, you're going to want to see Jacoby Ellsbury. And people want to see Jacoby Ellsbury. I wanted to go through our episodes, but I didn't and dig up the whole conversation we had where we don't actually have a lot of depth at center field. You and I both went through this really because we have Hicks and Ellsbury and they're both injury prone. And then you have Gardner who hasn't been a true center fielder in a long time. We said this on an episode, on a couple episodes, everyone was like, we have so much depth. And we're like, well, not as true center fielders we don't. And now it's coming to the show. 
And now we also have our third string center fielder in the most sincere way. I think is Clint Frazier. No, definitely. I think so too, but he's out with a concussion and, and that's insane. And uh, so Clint was back to his old bag of tricks today during the Yankees game. He just, are you and Clint Frazier best friends? True or false? Dude, during, (laughs) during the game, like I'm not going to get too like old man mad about him tweeting during the game. I think it's not the best look, even if you're not with the team, it's not like he's Pablo Sandoval and on Instagram in the middle of innings. He's a millennial. I get it, but he just tweeted the word soon. <laughs> and it's like... God. That's like your nightmare. Dude, it's just like, shut up, Clint, with the cryptic shit. And you know what? The beat reporters actually like were mocking him on Twitter. Like Brian, not Brian Hoke, Eric Boland. I don't know. Like, how soon? <laughs> soon now? Because that doesn't mean shit, Clint. And the game's on, and we're watching the game, and you're trying to draw like attention to yourself on your Twitter... And just saying soon with no information. It's everything I dislike about his online personality. Whatever. I hope he's healthy. But soon. Yeah, man. Soon could Get mean better. a week or Get a better, month. Clint, soon. <laughs> soon means absolutely. I kind of want to. I want a soon shirt. Soon. That's so stupid. I want a soon shirt. It's so stupid. All right. So, I mean, hopefully we get back to status quo. We need Ellsbury Hicks yeah. back. Uh, judge in center field. I guess we can talk about this a little bit. We have to a little bit. I, here's, here's what I've been saying to people. I think he has the ability to play there. Fine. Dude, super athletic. I don't want to see him there a lot at all. It's, Chris Chris Bryant played a little bit of center field for the Cubs, and it, I think it's almost the same thing. Like He's a big, long athlete. End of the day, we don't need that or want that. Yeah, I, I, You're just, when people, it, it's good to have that as an ace in the hole, but to go with that, no. Yeah, when people – I a conversation we had when people asked if we should sign Bryce Harper and put him at center field, and I just said, you don't put your big sluggers at center field. Like, go look around the league and all of history. When has there ever been a 50-home run center fielder? You protect those guys by putting them in the corner so they don't get banged up. Jamie, I'm, I'm going to ask you kind of a heavy question. Yeah. So we saw Judge in center. We've seen a lot of Billy McKinney. Not a lot of Billy McKinney, but we saw Billy McKinney. Which we saw him for uh, a, a game in an which is, which, which is more than we thought. Do you think Boone is pulling a lot of strings, or do you think this is a lot of cash show? I don't think Boone has a lot to say about any of this. Like, judging and Like, even the, the lineup and the positions, you think that's Cashman? I, th- I think that's of no. I think that it's not 100% Cashman. It's, it's definitely, definitely not 100% Boone in my opinion, like no way. But I also don't think it's 100% Cashman. I think it's a mix. I think there's give and take. I think Cashman definitely has final say and Boone will say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. And then Cashman's like, okay, go with that. Or no, don't do that. Do you think they kind of were sitting in a room and like (laughs) almost giggling? Like, do we do the judge and center thing? Like, (laughs) I I know we mentioned this passively, but are we going to actually do this? And then they did. Yeah, it's crazy. No, the, the, the crazier thing was um, when McKinney got hurt, Judge was in center field, and then Gardner came into the game, and instead of throwing Gardner to center and moving Judge to left, they kept Gardner in left and didn't put Giancarlo in left, Judge to right. And then it made everyone think, oh, they really don't like Giancarlo in left because he looks so bad in spring. But then the very next game on Sunday, Giancarlo was starting in left. Super weird. I think they're going to try and limit their starts with people out of position 
like now we might see Wade in the outfield once and then they might rotate it through again until they have Ellsbury or Hicks back, but not keep a guy there every game. I don't know what they're going to do. How quickly did Tyler Wade go from fringe guy on the team to like <laughs> stable person? I guess. Like, yeah. Tyler Wade, just get out there and play something. We yeah. need you. It's not his, his play isn't keeping him on the field 100%, but all the other shit and injuries and distractions are definitely helping him out. We got anything else on these injuries and, and the crazy uh, Warren also got hurt. Let's go into the big stinky cheese. Hey, got some cheese, bud. Got some big stinky cheese. Bring it, daddy. This is what everyone is talking about because the most recent game was bad. Okay, so here's the situation, Jake. The bullpen, Chad's looked good. The other guys haven't. The bullpen management has been a, there's been a, a it's a bit of trouble. So, the pitchers are coming out super early. This, if this happens next week, I'll start worrying about it. If it happens the yes. week, a, if it happens the week after that, I'll be really worried about it. But the first week, pitchers coming out at ninety pitches is normal across MLB. Correct? Jake shaking his head. Yes. Sir. See. So that's normal. So everyone's like. Everyone's like Boone's going to run the bullpen into the ground if he if he keeps it up like this. And while yes, that's true, also it's very normal to take your pitchers out early the first week of and and then if someone was like, "Well, that means they didn't get enough prep time in spring training." No, it's still normal not to run them into the ground. Jimmer, I I think you fully nailed it. For this week, it's fine, but if it literally happens next week, then it's like almost a red flag. Mm-hmm. Like very much a red flag. Yeah. Like right now you should feel okay. But if that continues, that's ridiculous. I mean, so Sevy went 91 pitches. Tanaka went 79. Yep. I mean, that's that's tight, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh I, I even even with first week, it's probably still a bit early. But I'm not I'm gonna table all my concern about that. And I'm going to say that was, that was just the first week of baseball hesitant thing. We have a really good bullpen. Now, if the bullpen does their job, we're not talking about this. All these questions come down to the bullpen has not done their job. And everyone's searching for reasons why. And one of the reasons is, well, he's overusing them. If, if the bullpen gets used like this every, every week, yeah, that's overuse. We, the pitchers need to go further. I will wait until the next round through the rotation to see how Boone's strategy is and hope this was just a first week. And early in the season, you almost want to give them the consistent work. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. It's something to monitor. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be like that. Okay. <laughs> in the nicest way. Yeah. So now let's go into also part of this big stinky cheese Boone's two really poor decisions. And I'll, I'll, I'll say they were bad decisions. In a tie game, the third game, a tie game, he ran Batansis out in the uh, seventh inning. So Batansis has a leadoff walk. Last year, we said if you have a lead, if Batansis comes in and walks the leadoff guy, pull him right away. And down the stretch, that's what Girardi actually was doing. Like he would maybe get two batters, one batter. Boone's putting a lot of trust into the players. He put trust in the CC to get out of the fifth when Girardi probably would have pulled him. He's putting a lot of trust in those guys. Good. You want a new manager to start off? 
<laughs> trusting guys. Now you want players to return that trust in kind. Matanzas didn't. Gary throws out Granderson to lead off walk with what is like an amazing play. That kind of hypes Patances up. It definitely put momentum in Yankees' favor. Patances gets out of the seventh inning. That's a t- Are you a Gary Sanchez fan? Big Gary Sanchez fan. Dude, that th- <laughs> throw was beautiful. Anyway, uh, he runs. Gary, but- Gary Sanchez is almost an all-time baseball player, and he, we don't mention him a lot. Yeah, he gets a lot. Of, yeah, okay. So It's crazy. He runs him out for a second inning, which in my mind and everyone that's seen Batanzas over the years is just, whoa, you can't do that. That's not a thing that happens. You can't do that, especially when he's not incredibly sharp. Maybe if you had a nine-pitch immaculate inning, like, okay, but Dellen, go do it again. And then, and I don't want this to be about Dellen right now. I just want it to be about Boone's thought process. Boone said his thought process was it was a tie game. He had used guys the day before. Uh, pitchers. He used pitchers the day before. He used Canely, D-Rob, and Chapman the game before. So it was a tie game. So he wanted to keep Chad Green available. Like It was kind of like he was playing for extras. You know, like that didn't want to burn guys. So that's his thought process. I'm glad there's some logic behind it besides Dellen can go out for two because he can't. He didn't. Got beat up, gave up a home run. Now people will say the walks are down. That's great. The walks are down. His control is there. <laughs> that, that made me giggle. What Pilar did to him was the most embarrassing thing that could happen to an MLB player <laughs> on an MLB field. Did you Did you see it, Jake? No. Okay. So Dellen gave I, up. I would love to hear your description because I'm so excited. Dellen gave up. Because I'm, I'm picturing the most embarrassing thing I can picture on a field. And now I just need to hear it from your mouth. Okay. So Dellen gave up four stolen bases in one inning. Pilar had three of them. You're joking. I'm not joking. This is very serious. Now, you've seen Bull Dorm, right? See. When Kevin Costner first meets Nuke Lelouch whatever his name is, the pitcher, Tim Robbins. For everyone, See. for everyone, is it Tim Robbins? Whatever his name is. For, yeah. for everyone that hasn't seen Bull Dorm, there's a scene. The guy's wild. So Kevin Costner pulls a baseball out of his coat at a bar. They're in a bar fight. And goes, I'll give you one free throw. And Nuke's like, I'll kill you if I hit you with this ball. Kevin Costner goes, from what I hear, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. Nuke winds up throws the baseball, they're like 20 feet away, and misses, breaks a window. Super embarrassing. 20 feet away, you couldn't hit him with a baseball. That is what Kevin Pillar did to Dellen Patances. He was on yeah. third base. He had a huge lead. He stared at Dellen Patances and said, hey, I hear that you can't even throw the ball 20 feet to first base. I dare you to throw the ball to Gary. Not a pitch. Not a pitch. I know you can do that sometimes. I dare you to throw the ball to Gary because I'm going to steal home. He just took off. Dellen stepped off, threw home, bounced it five feet to Gary's left. Pilar steals home. The most in, the most embarrassing thing that can happen to a pitcher on a baseball field. Think Couple about that, Jake. That guy said, Let's unwrap that. I know you can throw the ball to this catcher before I get there. I'm sure of it, but you won't do it accurately because you're a mental nutcase. So I'm just going to run home. I'll say this. If Kevin Pillar was a Yankee and that happened, we would be screaming about how much we love Kevin Pillar. Yeah, it was a badass so give, move, man. Give, give 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 homie some love. Yeah, he gets love. And Batances gets all the embarrassment and ridicule. The Batances thing, man, it's it's down Batances. It's a player who's been a four time all star the past four seasons, but at the same time, 
He almost can't play baseball. He's the most unathletic baseball player ever. I know that almost that sounds like extremely rude from a five-seven guy who <laughs> was asked to stop playing baseball by the coach. But like it's messed up. I got like, I got a question. You that can't happen at the major league level. You you drop Dellen Batances into a slow pitch men's league softball game. Does he bring anything to the table? <laughs> No, no, dude. He can't run. He can't throw to the bases. He's the most unathletic baseball player, but he can throw the ball 90 miles per hour on the black and a crazy curveball. But he'd get, he wouldn't make a men's league softball team, beer league. They'd be like, dude, you're gangly as fuck. <laughs> Think about where we came from at, at the end of spring training. We were saying that Dylan looked great. His stuff was there. Maybe one of the coaches was in his head in the right way. And now look where we're at. Yeah. I mean, he, to his credit, he stood up and talked to the media afterwards for a while and like answered questions. So that was like good. A lot of players run. Uh, he's getting used to eating crow. Yeah. Again, he didn't have any walks and his stuff when there looked great. What Which you do? again is so messed up that we're talking about this guy eating crow and he's still been an all-star. Dude, best four years. I don't, I don't. That's insane. I don't care about All Star because that all that means is he started the season good. The last two, he's ended terribly. Yeah. If they gave All Stars at the end of the year, he wouldn't be an All Star. But because they give him at the halfway point, he's been an All Star the last <laughs> two years. So it, it kind of means jack shit. I'm gonna keep rolling with my hot take. He does not finish the season as a Yankee. We'll see. I mean, I, I hope Boone learns, and it's not. You can't go to him. And uh, that was that was the last thing I want to say about that. I think. We saw it in spring training. I think Boone is trying to set a precedent. If you want to be a reliever in the bullpen, you have to be able to pitch two innings. I think so, And too. I think that was part of it. Yeah, and definitely. And then didn't work out. All right, well, we still got more for our bullpen management, being Big Stinky Cheese. The second mistake on Sunday night, we're up 4-1. to Robertson comes in and gives up a double, gives up a single. Ground out, maybe I think there's another out. So it's second and third, two outs, and Donaldson at the plate. He Boone. Now this is how we know it. Now Boone asked Robertson, "Would you rather face Donaldson or Smoke?" Gave him the option, which in and itself is its own thing. Like it's great that you're putting trust in your players and it's open dialogue and communication and all that. That's like everything they want out of these new age managers. But now it didn't work out. So you're kind of like, "Hey, dude, but you're the manager." <laughs> And I kind of get people saying that, like, well, that who cares if, like, it, he's the manager. Like, he, who cares if Robertson chose which batter to pitch to? Boone's the manager. But if you give them the option and Robertson says, I'll walk Donaldson and we'll get to smoke, well, how are you going to be like, no, you have to pitch to Donaldson? Like, we, you're kind of going against yeah. your player's confidence. So presenting that as an option is cool because it opens communication, but it's almost shooting yourself in the foot. Did Donaldson win MVP two years ago? Yeah, Donaldson's really good. He's playing with a hurt arm, and he had a really bad <laughs> Josh stick. Donaldson's a great baseball player. He has really good numbers against D-Rob, but eight at-bats, and right. Smoke was 0 for 6. But David Cohen in the booth was like, I don't care about those numbers at all. Like, get the whatever. I have a lot to say about this because this is what everyone's jumping onto. Like, he shouldn't have walked, shouldn't have walked Donaldson to get the Smoke because Smoke ended up hitting a grand slam. Now, the main, the main issue here is the pitch selection. Smoke went up there hunting fastballs. Every curveball he saw, he took or just fouled it off. And I was live on Periscope, and I was even saying, well, he's not even trying to hit those curveballs. He's just trying to foul them off. So it's 3-2, two, two curveballs, two foul balls, 
and his bat wasn't he wasn't adjusting to the curveball. He was clearly sitting fastball. And I say on when I was doing my live broadcast, like, oh, if he throws him a fastball here, he he can smash it. Throw him a fastball, grand slam. Now they're winning seven to four. Because Canely, it wasn't it was Canely let up runs earlier. I I know it's one of the advanced stats that you're not a huge fan of, but I think depending how they measured it, I think Robertson technically has the second best curveball in baseball rotation wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you he should have thrown. So if, if, if you can fend that off and wait for the fastball, I mean, give, give Justin smoke some credit, right? Yeah. But yeah, he, I mean, he gets credit, but yeah, the fa- the pitch selection is what I think is the worst decision. Now everyone, Jake, because is saying the intentional walk, it's terrible. Boone's an idiot. The only reason you say that is because David Robertson gave up a, a, a grand slam. Like it, you're by putting all it's, the blame on Boone. Strikes out. Boone's a genius. Yeah. So it's damned you do, damned you don't. And also, I had people saying he should have let Chad Green in. Like, no, David Robertson is a really good reliever. We can't not trust him. He, we, his stats were insane last year. The main, if you're thinking you should pull Robertson, get out of here. Yeah, and some people said pull Robertson and put Chapman in with runners on. Chapman's terrible with runners on and coming into the middle of the innings. Like the main, everyone, everyone looks for reasons why did David Robertson give up that home run instead of saying, oh shit, David Robertson shouldn't give up that home run. I have people telling me, no, look, the walk didn't work out, but we don't know what would have happened. If Donaldson did come to the plate, that's why you can't say for certainty it was 100% the wrong move. It's called fallacy of a predetermined outcome. That's what it is. Cognitive bias. Everyone suffers from it, especially young kids. They think that it's one or the other. Like, he shouldn't have walked Donaldson. But then you don't know what would have happened. So you can't, like, say, like, it would have been fine if he didn't walk Donaldson. No, you don't know. Donaldson could have hit a home run. And then someone's like, yeah, but at least you have room for error there. And if you walk Donaldson, then you then you go to smoke. It's like, yeah, but then you have smoke with the bases loaded. So that doesn't prove a point. It doesn't prove anything. You're still an, the same outcome. An odd amount of life is just limiting risk. Almost almost everything that everyone does on a daily basis is limiting risk, if you actually think. And that's that's what that was. If it goes well, Boone's a genius. If it went bad, Boone's an idiot. Yeah. I mean, if the ball ends 10 feet closer and catches it, it's just like, but people harp on it. Like it's the major biggest thing. I think the Dellen Batances move and the, and the overusing the bullpen is more of concern than walking to get the bases loaded to a guy that the pitcher felt more comfortable and the stats backed up. I don't think it's that crazy. And the only reason people are freaking out is because it didn't work, but they're acting like if they did pitch a Donaldson 100%, it would have worked. That's not true. We don't know. It's a false determination. Know. You don't know. Monday morning quarterback. Like you, you can't yeah. sit here and say that. I don't know. It's just a lot of the people. A lot of people have that. It's uh, I love cognitive biases and that's called the fallacy <laughs> of the false, the false determination. The, pre, the predetermined fallacy of false predetermination. Actually- Jimmy, can we, can we give a throwback for the original fans? Can you give me your pride of the Yankees? Okay. Well, we got to Okay. Let's move on to awards. That was, this is going to be a long episode. Like we said, there a lot of shit happened this series. The next segment we do is awards. And the award. And the awards are brought to you by the 10th annual Damon Runyon 5K at Yankee Stadium. It's an event hosted at Yankee Stadium. It's a 5K run walk. I'll be there. I'll be walking. I'll be making videos. I'll be talking to fans. You should go there if you're from the uh, uh, Bronx. 
or in the New York area, wherever, go there. I'm flying in from California. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at the games the next two days. It's for a really good cause. It's at Yankee Stadium. Should be a good amount of fun. Bring your dad, bring your mom, do an event with the family. If you sign up with the code Talking Yanks, no space, no capitals, you'll get $5 off. So the Damon Runyon 5K, really honored that they are inviting us and letting us uh, have some fun there. Okay, awards. Our See. The first award, and if you're a new listener, this award is a reoccurring weekly award. I will give my pride of the Yankees. Jake will give his pride of the Yankees. So, pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Pride of the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. Here's mine, Jake. You want me to go first? I'm kind of cheating. I'm going... The starting pitching. I wanted to go. Now I'm going starting like pitching. It. At first, I, I like at it. first I had just Severino and Tanaka as a duel, which is still cheating. You can't really do that. So then I thought I grouped them together. CC definitely deserves to be in there because what he gave us is what we expect and want from him. We don't really expect much more than what he did uh, this year, which is a little crazy to say. Sonny with one of the most mixed bag stat lines you'll ever see. But let's go first. <laughs> Severino. One hit through five and two-thirds. He got pulled early. Later in the season, he'll keep going. He was bullying people. Uh, he was nasty. One hit, no runs. Severino, baby. Like, good. Good start of the season. Tanaka. Tanaka started off rusty, Jake. See. Uh, started off a little rusty. Didn't have his stuff. He kind of didn't have a splitter at all, and his slider was hanging. And then he found it. And David Cohn said a lot of younger pitchers would just go away and not – be like, okay, I don't have it, not throw it. Tanaka found it mid-game, like worked on it, found it without giving up hits. He goes six innings, one run, and eight Ks, I think. But he had a stretch once he turned it on where he he got 13 out in a row. CC Sabathia, shaky, but did his thing. So those three really deserve pride of the Yankees. This is a season where everyone's talking about the lineup and the bullpen, the lineup and the bullpen, and then people are in turn acting like we don't have good starting pitching. And it's like, well, just because our lineup is so good and our bullpen is so good doesn't mean our starting pitching is bad. It's just, it's still very good in comparison to the league. And they went out there and uh, dealt. We got Gumby today. Hopefully he can keep going. Sonny, you want more distance. All of the rest, you want more distance, but that's more on first week like we talked about. So my pride of the Yankee goes to the starting pitching. Is there more of a Sonny Gray stat line? Then four innings pitched, seven hits, one earned run, three walks, eight Ks. Like that's that's Sonny Gray. It's a really confusing stat line. And end of the day, because ERA is what a pitcher's end of the day goal is. He's better. End of the than day, that. that looks like that looks like a beautiful start. And it's not a great start. No, you don't ever want that. But at the end of the day, that's a two two five ERA. It's that's just so sunny gray. It hurts. I'm Jim. I'm going to cop out a little bit. Just that's how I get through life. But how could you not give Giancarlo Stanton a pride of the Yankees shout out? I mean, that, that opening day, that that's a memory. All right. He's your pride of the Yankee. It's gotta be. We went down to spring training. Yes. Aaron judge was the star. Giancarlo was looked at like the same way. Didi was looked at the same way. A lot of the Yankees were looked at, which is a thing. He was the face of the Marlins franchise. And at spring training, you and me said to each other multiple times, like, Giancarlo is going to have to earn his way to Yankee pride. And he did it, man. 
I thought about it, but I thought, nah, it's too soon to give him pride of the Yankees. Just, you know, we're Yankees fans. We got to do the whole earn your stripes, uh, uh, a true Yankee moment, all that nonsense. So too early. Was there anything cooler than the A-Rod home run? What A-Rod home run? Was it, or no, was it the Giambi Grand Slam? Matsui. Or no. Mats, dude, that had a couple of surprises. The Matsui home run. I'm going to watch this <laughs> the second we stop talking. Okay. Uh, the next award that we do every week is the uh, Yankee Motherfucker, which is the exact opposite of Pride of the Yankees. So here we Steve. go. Yankee Motherfucker. You Yankee Motherfucker. You go first, Jake. Who you got? Oof. I want to cop out. You know what? I'm doing this just so I never have to do this again. I'll give it to Robertson, right? I mean, it's we love him. He's one of our favorite players on the team. The guy had an incredible season. He gave up the big shot that what he gave up the home run that has been 25% of this podcast right now. Because we're talking about Boone, we're talking about him, we're talking about the bullpen. So I love him. He's an amazing guy, but he, he gave up the home run. Yep. All right. I mean, that's fair. We love D-Rob. We're, and uh, if you're also a first-time listener, our Yankee motherfuckers are always very hesitant and usually <laughs> usually wrapped We in, don't like doing we, it. We usually wrapped in a lot of love because we don't like doing it. We're like, oh, shit, I don't want to be mean to these guys. But here, my motherfucker <laughs> is Dellen Batances. And if you heard all my takes earlier on the matter, uh, I don't need to repeat them. I think it's the most embarrassing thing and uh, emasculating thing that can happen to a player <laughs> on a baseball field. Hey, I dare you to throw it home because I'm going to steal. Oh, but you can't throw it home. Oh, look, you didn't throw it home. You suck. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous. All right, let's move on. Now we get two more awards each. This can be, they can be reoccurring awards. They can be brand new awards. Jake gets two. I get two. I'll go first, Jake. Okay. And I have an award right here, and it's going to be the first time this award is dealt out in 2018. It's a... Oh, wow. I like the way you look at the plate award. So, it's just, <laughs> uh, hey, I like the way you look in the at the plate award. And you know who wins that? No. Brandon Drury. Yeah, see. Dude, Neil Walker can get grouped in a little bit, but I'll, I'll just go Drury for now. And this, I had this written down before the home run in game four. He... The best way, I, I was stumbling with my words to try and figure out how to say this. The best way I can say it, he has a calm about him at third and in the box that is really like, he just looks like a ball player. We said that when we saw him live down in Tampa for the first time. We're like, whoa, he just, the mannerisms, the way he moves about, just looks like a ball player. His swing, he goes the other way with power. He's got a nice tight swing. He just... uh it just calm and like in control. I really like the way he looks in the batter's box and then he's getting the results, but even without the results, he just looks good. I also say this, I think he's a little sneaky. Like, I don't know what his personality is. He hasn't let out too many smiles. He hasn't been silly at all. He's a, who do you think his best friend on the team is? I think, I would say Walker, but I don't, I don't just because they're kind of, I'm like, going judge just because they're Cali boys. Yeah. could be judge. Um, I think he hasn't broken out of his shell yet with the team. I think he's so worried about having a good start with the Yankees that he, he, he hasn't shown any personality yet. I'm hoping it, you think, 
Do you think Drury's low-key scared that, like, he could get sent down? No. <laughs> like, he went from, like, starter on the Diamondbacks to, like, if I make a couple bad plays, I'm not on the Yankees team. I don't think so, man. He, I think he's got a call. Michael K said today that every time he walks through the clubhouse, Drury's just sitting at his locker studying film. Like, he's got a very... Uh, this is my job, like attitude. Oh, I got a great tweet from a kid who, a uh, guy who listens, uh, Chris. And he tweeted and he said, Drury's demeanor gives the, I came to chew bubblegum and play perfectly fundamental baseball. <laughs> and I'm all out of bubblegum vibe. No emotion, but in a good way, just here to get shit done. And not even, not in a badass way either. Just like in a very calm, I'm here to play baseball. Know how you see people doing video game stuff and they're covered in the white balls? Yes. That should be that should be Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury's career. He should be a, like the logo for all video games, like a generic he's, MLB player. He just has it pegged. I, is that a look? Is that an award for Drury? Yeah. Most most MLB looking guy. All right, you you have an award prepared. You're up. I've got some awards. I'm gonna give it a lot. No. Um, I'm going to give the, I'm a staple on the 2018 Yankees, but I didn't exist a month ago. It goes to Neil Walker. <laughs> Dude, Neil Walker is a key cog on this team now. Like think, think about how much we low key rely on him. No, he's a professional presence playing second, playing first. He let off for us the other day. He batted fifth for us today. Or Sunday? If you're a casual f- fan, you you would say something like, oh, yeah, Neil Walker's on the team. <laughs> He's a cog on this team. So shout, shout out to Neil. Four days in, cog on the team. I do agree, though. He, he, he brings a very professional thing. Like, you can tell the way Drury and, – and Drury's only been in the league two years, but you can tell the way Drury's presence and Walker's presence in the plate. Compare them to Austin, McKinney – Andujar, Wade, and you can just tell these guys are rookies, get a sense of themselves in the majors, and these guys know who they are, know what their goal is, and are professional hitters. I think you can really tell the difference, and it's kind of impressive to see. So my next award goes to one of those guys I just mentioned, and it's the good but still not enough award. Goes to Tyler. I've, goes to, I've got. I've won that award a few times. Good, but still not enough. Goes to Tyler Wade. Now, like you said, there's so many injuries and things happening that it's kind of an afterthought. Like people thinking, is Tyler Wade uh, gonna, you know, stay or go? Is he gonna prove he belongs? Because there's just so much other shit going on. He's had the uh, the two run double in game two. It was really nice. Two out, bases loaded, double. He was fired up. He made a really nice defensive play in game one. Uh, he's done. A co- he had a nice couple defensive plays. It's good. Like he's shown flashes of good. He didn't even show those flashes in his call up last year, which I think we have to completely throw out the table. Uh, so good, Wade. You've shown flashes, but not enough yet. And obviously, it's only four games, so I think he de- he deserves a lot more. Uh, opportunities to prove that he can hit but he, he hasn't done enough yet he didn't have you know he didn't he had um he had one hit and it was a big hit 
He's he's had at bats where he looks lost. His batting stance is a little crazy. He tried to bunt, got thrown out. Had a check swing on one. I think the the double and the defense will hold him over. I think he needs in this in these two games against the Rays. I think he's going to need a hit or two. If he goes over in these next two games, you're going to hear it, you're going you're going to hear rumblings. They'll still be a bit premature, but you're going to hear rumblings. He needs a hit or two in these next two games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. All right, next award. What do you got? Man, I was juggling a few awards. Mine. What was the name of your last award? It was the good, but not enough yet award. I was going to give a very similar one of those to Miguel Andujar, but I'm not. Okay. He didn't do anything. He went 0 for 4. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what I'm going to do, because I have to. Yeah. And also... You have to. the The most exciting moment. Not the most exciting, but when Twitter's in a good place, it's in such a good place. Mm-hmm. How about I'm going to have a 10-year career as a National League first baseman? Tyler Austin. Tyler Austin's a good baseball player. He can hit a fastball from a lefty pitcher, and he's going to do it for the next decade. <laughs> and homeboy, homeboy had a weekend, and I need to give him love. 333, two homers. Do you know how bad he looked in in that game before his home run? Don't care. He never cared. So, so Marco Estrada. This is actually a good point. Uh, our guy Rob Rosine from Rob from Arkansas, who does some stats for us, was tweeting about how they might go numbers and give Austin the start versus Estrada because Estrada is a right hand pitcher, but Estrada doesn't have a, a breaking ball. He's just fastball changeup, which plays better to righty hitters. So instead of being better against righty hitters, he's a right-handed pitcher that's worse against righty hitters. So Tyler Austin usually can't hit righty p- pitchers at all, but he got the start. So that shows you a point where they are with analytics. Also, uh, just on that point, when Brett Gardner, they were going to sit him one of the four games on turf because they didn't want to run him on turf a lot. And a lot of people were like, why does he need rest? He's only played three games. It's not rest because he's tired. It's rest to prevent them from being tired. Same thing with pulling the pitchers early. It's not rest because they're tired. It's rest to prevent them from being tired. A lot of people can't grasp that concept. Um, now you can, now hopefully you can. Anyway, they played Walker over Estrada because Gardner had really bad numbers versus Estrada and Walker had really good numbers and Walker batted leadoff. So they're going to lean on stats and past performance and shit like that. Back to Tyler Austin. His first, which I like. Yeah, I like that too. His first at bat versus Estrada was all changeups away, and he just looked so bad, Jake. Like I think I said, lackluster at bat, most lackluster at bat you ever see. Then he made an error, Chris Carter type error, not being able to catch a ball at first that Droy threw to him, which led to a run. So that wasn't good. He was having a bad game. Then he hit that two run homer, first pitch fastball, smashed it. Then his third at bat, he took a changeup away, then took a fastball away. Then it was 2-0, and I was live, and I was like, oh, if he gets a fastball, he's going to crush it, and he crushed another one. So he started the game off pretty poor, redeemed himself in spades. Tyler Austin fan club. Very odd that you're so in this fan club. But, hey, good for him. Hopefully he keeps it in. I still don't think I'll see many he's, at bats. He's, no, no, no why I'm such a fan of his. He, we look at him as a borderline major league player. And I think he's a major league talent that hasn't gotten the chance because he's been injury prone. I was going to say this, that, and the other, but our intern Luke made fun of me for saying that a lot. So I'm not going to say that, but 
Tyler Austin's a major league baseball player. That are, that wraps up our awards. That wraps up talk about last week. I actually, usually right now we would go to questions. So if you're listening and you plan on watching a lot of Yankee games and you plan on interacting with us, I don't want this whole show just to be Jake and I. We have a voicemail line set up. We have an email, talkingyanks at gmail.com. Go send in questions, send in comments. We want you guys to communicate. Before I recorded this with Jake, because I didn't know if Jake was going to be able to make it, I went on Periscope and I did a cold, like question and answer session on Periscope. I'm going to chop that up, Jake, and put that in the podcast right here. Probably about like five to ten minutes of question and answers that we haven't discussed already right here. Do you think Drury could hit 20 bombs? Yeah, he had a lot of doubles last year. Just turns those into home runs. Are you worried about Judge's slowest start? No, not going to worry after four days is about anything at all. That's a little nuts. Four days. Judge go get three hits tomorrow and his, his average is fine. Yeah, Judge and Stan got on base three times each in uh, the last game of the series. So not hitting, he's still getting on base and still moving back. What Judge is doing is he's getting himself in two strike counts and then guessing, and he's guessed wrong like three times in a row. And you can see himself getting really mad at himself about that. And he just should not be guess hitting. He's like, guess hitting is for guys like Hicks who have the raw talent, but Judge is too good to be guessing. How do you feel about Tampa's bullpen tomorrow? I'm excited. Tampa's got bullpen day tomorrow, and it's super, super weird. Gardner has a home run off three of the four guys that they use in bullpen day. Yankees will be completely fine. Fans shouldn't be freaking out about Boone and Co. right now. I think Boone made some questionable mistakes. Like, I think definitely it should be like, yo, man, I hope you learn from that. Uh, but let them let learn from it uh, before we completely write them off. Feel it's good that these issues are coming up now, so it probably won't happen again. That's what I wrote on the recap on TalkingYanks.com. Like, good, get this all out of the way. We'll get the injuries out of the way. We'll get the bullpen sucking out of the way we'll get boone making mistakes out of the way and we'll learn from all of it honestly i don't like patansis we should trade him his trade value couldn't be any low you wouldn't get anything back from him so just gotta he's he's patansis is you bring him in hoping he can get you one inning of work if he walks the first batter you take him out if he strikes the first batter out you leave him in simple as that i mean it would be nice if he was more but he's not uh, and uh, he's going to have to I, – I think he's in a big hole, needs to dig himself out of there. Thoughts about Andujar? Uh, well, I'd like to see him hit at the major league level. So, I mean, he should he should be able to. Uh, he didn't today, but whatever, no one hit. I think he's got a small window here until Ellsbury comes back on, what, Thursday? So that gives him two more games, and then he'll probably head out unless they decide to go to 12 pitchers. No, I think Andujar's got two more games, so. Make your presence felt. You think Cashman will talk to Boone? I think they probably have a constant form of communication since the day he got hired till right now. Who's going yard for the Yankees tomorrow? Judge. Judge is going to be back home and doing uh, doing things in the Yankee Stadium. Feel the presence as it hits for so long. How's my day? It's all right. Woke up. Baseball at 10 a.m. Recording this podcast right now, and then I'm recording a podcast about uh, the movie Tomb Raider after this, and then a podcast about the TV show The Terror on AMC. So if any of you guys uh, like movies or TV shows, look for that. Boone's clueless. I think you're clueless for uh, being so eager to blame a manager. So boom, roasted. Okay, we're back from question and answers. That was fun on Periscope. 
I go on live on Periscope all the time. If you are bored watching the game and you want to talk about the game, um, see my reaction to shit. That's cool. A lot of people in that Periscope didn't know that we have a website, a podcast, so I need to do a better job of spreading who and what John Boy, me, and Talking Yanks is. Uh, do a very poor job at that, I guess. Let's do a series preview. We got responses from people that they liked the series preview against uh, for the Toronto. I don't know if we can do a full series preview at the end of every show because it'll be a really long show. So I don't know if we want to do like a series recap and then a series preview that get released on the same day or just bunch it into like an hour and a half show. Maybe I'll ask a poll. Maybe I'll ask you guys what you would rather us do. I have some stats against the Rays. Today, as you're listening to this, it's Jordan Montgomery versus question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, bullpen day. The Rays are having bullpen day. No way. Yeah. So there's no, we don't know who's pitching the first or second inning. Uh, just bullpen day. Are we facing my best friend? Snell? No, it's only a two-game set, and we're playing bullpen day, then Chris Archer. So I looked up some numbers love, for bullpen I love Blake Snell. I looked up some numbers for bullpen day, and um, it looks like their top guys are Kitteridge and Pruitt. We have great numbers off Pruitt. I think almost everybody has a hit off Pruitt, couple multiple <laughs> hits. We have not See? not the best versus Kitteridge. Um Gardner has a home run off three of the four relief pitchers that we'll probably see in bullpen day, which is kind of odd. Judge has some big hits. That's kind of hard to prep for bullpen day, but very interested to see. Also, bullpen day doesn't allow us to list a pitcher because they're not they're not planning on going. They're, oh, we're listing we're listing a pitcher. We did list um, Hap in the first game, Jake, and it was yeah. very exciting. Did we did we only get one lister? Only one, yeah. Stroman was close, but. Because he, he I guessed I guessed Hap and I guessed Stroh. Yeah, Stroman, it, he had a really quick fourth inning, so he didn't get listed. All right. Montgomery had three starts versus the Rays last year, 4.2 innings pitched, and two earned runs at the very beginning of the year. We weren't really letting Monty go three times through the order that much at the beginning of last year, and he kind of wasn't sure. letting himself as well. But that's so – we don't know. that. It's That's a 4.2, two earned runs. It didn't kill him, but it, you want better. His middle, his second start, he went two and two-thirds and gave up four in runs. Not good. Not good, Jordan. And then his very, la- his very last start last year was six innings pitched, one earned run. That's a good start. The Rays have had so much turnover. There's only two players on the Rays that have hits first Montgomery in their career, and it's Kiermaier and Ramos. Ramos. And they both have two hits each, and all four of those hits were singles. So that's not bad. So I don't know. I mean, that's what we'll. Those are some numbers. Hopefully, Gumby has a great first game, and bullpen day gets blown up in their faces because it's a weird idea. Second game is a great matchup: Archer versus Severino. So stud versus stud. You still there, Jake? Well, Jake's frozen on my feed, so I'll just finish this. Stud versus stud with Archer and Severino. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I can't stand Archer. My most frustrating pitcher to watch. I hate his antics on the mound. He looks like the kid in Little League who constantly wants you to know, do you see how hard I'm trying? Do you see how hard I'm trying? Or if he doesn't get a call, he wants the whole crowd to know, ooh, Chris didn't agree with that call. Ooh, Chris is upset with the umpire. He just wants you to know 
his struggle so much. He projects himself to the whole crowd. I hate it. He flops around. He flails around. He makes faces. It's like, dude, just pitch. Severino, on the other hand, is like cocky in a confident way where he's just a bulldog and like his he doesn't care what people are looking at. It's all natural. Archer seems very artificial. Archer's also very good, so that probably stems into why I don't like him that much. Ellsbury has really good numbers versus Archer. He's almost batting 500, 22 for 43, but Ellsbury ain't going to be playing. Gardner has uh, decent, nothing special, 12 for 45, 267 batting average versus Archer. Didi is 8 for 26, which is 308. 8 for 26, you wouldn't think 308, but yeah, 308, that's not bad. Judge, 1 for 9, not good. Gary Sanchez is 4 for 15, so 267, but uh, two of those four hits have been home runs. And Giancarlo Stan is 0 for 6, small sample size, but hitless against Archer. He made four starts against the Yankees last year. He never gave up more than three earned runs in all four starts. In two of them, he had double-digit strikeouts. One time, he got pulled before the fifth inning ended. The rest are all good. He, he pitches really well against us. I don't like him. Not one uh, Severino, not one Ray has more than two hits versus Severino. Kiermaier is one for 17, so Sevy kind of owns Kiermaier. He made three starts against the Rays last year. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs, 11 Ks. Five innings pitched, three earned runs, seven Ks. Six innings pitched, one earned run, nine Ks. So his worst start was five innings pitched, three earned runs, seven Ks, which isn't that bad of a start. It's not the best. You would rather six innings or if you're going to go three earned runs, get the, get the quality start and go six. That's what we got for you today. It's been a hell of an opening of the season. So much shit's going on that we probably forgot to even talk about some stuff. But thank you for tuning in very much. It's going to be a fun season. Since uh, I went on Periscope, like I told Jake, and a lot of people don't know the extent of everything we do. I'll I'll spell it out a little more these days, I guess. TalkingYanks.com. I make GIFs of the games, fun GIFs, like reaction GIFs. I upload them to Giphy so that you guys can use them and share them. So if you go to TalkingYanks.com, there's a little wrap-up after every game with fun GIFs from those games. We also have a bunch of different articles, some previews, some stats, some other stuff. We have a couple writers doing fun stuff on TalkingYanks.com. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnBoy underscore. I live tweet every game. Sometimes I go live on Periscope and talk to people. You can see see my reactions, uh, interact. That's a lot of fun. We have an Instagram, TalkingYanks Instagram. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram as well. We have t-shirts for sale. That's how, if you want to support us, if, if, you, if you enjoy all the content that we're bringing you, that I'm bringing you on a daily basis, since this is, uh, I quit my job to do this full-time, and if you want me to continue to do it full-time and support, like, rate, review, subscribe, tell other people to listen to the podcast, or go to TalkingYanks.com, click merch, and buy a shirt. That would help us out. Most importantly, just hope you're listening and enjoying everything we're doing and the podcast and we will be back quickly after this two game set burst the rays thank you so much for listening jake left jake's in mexico he'll be back in the u.s anyway thanks guys i uh, really appreciate you go yankees tell them grandma go yankees